Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Drive. It is Friday. Some of you are happy about that because it's the last day of work before the weekend. We get to be at home. Others of you are like, I've been at home for a couple weeks already, so it's just like another day. <laughs> but, um, but it is Friday in Mobile, Alabama. It's 66 degrees. Um, my windows were incredibly foggy and the sun was shining right in my eyes, so I was driving out of my neighborhood very slowly because I could not see much. Um, but now I'm on the way to work here and we've been talking about um, things in terms of the coronavirus and one of the things I was thinking about, because I know this is setting in for a lot of people, is restlessness. Being restless. What does that mean? Being restless means you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. You're just kind of like antsy. You're, you may even be anxious because you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing nothing. I'm tired of being in here. I need to do something, you know. And, and I know there are different things, you know, even the different pastors are saying, here's 20 things to do, you know, during this uh, quarantine that will keep your mind busy. And you're, do you know what I mean? Like those are good, you know, go on walks and do crafts with the kids and uh, start baking, learn a language. Like there's all these different things, right? All these different suggestions and whatnot, which are, which are probably good, you know? Um, I myself haven't been quarantined yet. I mean, I'm still uh, uh, working nine to five or eight to five at, at my job. So I haven't had to use, utilize any of those things uh, as of yet. Uh, I know my wife has gotten, uh, become more creative when it comes to things to do with the girls, our daughters. Um, but, but really restlessness is setting in for a lot of people individually. And I think that restless is setting in for a lot of people collectively. Like, people are tired of just being, like, I'm, I'm tired of being home. Like, I want to get out and go back to my regular routine, you know. And they're fighting against the uh, the changes that are taking place. And I know I had a podcast in regards to that as well. But it's like, well, what do you do when you're restless, you know. And, and again, there's a lot of activities to do. Um, uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can engage in in order to keep your mind busy and physically active and all that. But I'm more concerned, not concerned, I'm more uh, thinking about the spiritual aspect of what do you do when you're restless. Because even when we're in our routines, and even when we're at our regular jobs, and even when we're doing things like normal, you know, absent or minus the coronavirus, like, well, sometimes we could still be restless. It doesn't really matter if there's a pandemic or not, we're just restless. How do you deal with restlessness as uh, followers of Christ because if you're a follower of Christ shouldn't you just be like happy all the time and joyful and there's no restless and there's no hardly any heartache there's not much pain it's just kind of like you know you're happy all the time and and you're never bored and no we're human (laughs) there's all those things Um, so I I just kind of wanted to talk about like just a few things to do spiritually in order to curb or stop restlessness, at least minimize it. And um, one of the things I want to talk about is um, how to study the Bible. Like right now, you guys, I'm I'm working on this video series, which is going to be very, uh, it's going to be very lengthy, but I'm praying that it's very effective because when I was in the school of ministry, uh, we went over this book. this class called Living by the Book. 
and the authors were all about inductive Bible study, but they really break it down in detail. And this is one of the things that I think that will help restlessness is getting into your devotion time, but it starts with having just a method, some organized, orderly way of, of digging into and learning the Bible. And, you know, it's called, you know, the way that I've been taught at, you know, school of ministry or seminary and uh, the way that really the Calvary Chapel model is, is that, and it's not just Calvary Chapel, it's a lot of churches that just teach the Bible and actually take it seriously and literally. Uh, inductive Bible is, you know, observation. So get into the Word. And instead of just reading and going, oh, that was good, I got a couple practical notes, but start with op- observation. Observe the facts. Don't just skim them over and be like, how can that apply to me? But observe what is going on. Who's talking? Who are they talking to? Why are they talking? What time period was this? Culturally, how, how does this make a difference? Because oftentimes we try to transport our culture and our, our way of life in America here to the Middle East in the first century. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what were they facing? What was their surrounding? It's kind of like observe and study the text, study the word. Because oftentimes people start from the place of interpretation rather than just seeing what the Bible says to begin with. And so the first thing is observe. Observe, number one. What is the text saying? And number two is interpret. Interpret. Okay, this is what it's saying. In light of what it's saying. In the context of what it's saying. Now what does it mean? And that is interpretation. So important to interpret correctly. Because if your observation isn't on point, then your interpretation is going to be totally off. It's going to be out of context. not going to be right. So, there's observation. There's interpretation. And lastly, there's application. You never want to start with application. right? Application is, okay, well, I, I know what it says. I know what it means. Now, how does it apply to me? Or how does it affect my life? Or how does God want to use it in my walk with Him? Application. So I would say just, I mean, look at these uh, three steps in the inductive Bible study method as you're seeking the Lord through His Word. Observe the text, write down what it says, you know? And then from what it says, well, what does it mean? Use the Bible itself as its own commentary, cross-reference, and then apply it. Like, how can this apply to my life? How can I use this? How... How does God want to challenge me in what I've observed and interpreted? And so I think one of the ways to, to curb restlessness is to get into God's Word, but not just haphazardly, not just like, well, I'm, I'm doing the skimming method, you know? Uh, I'm watching all the trailers to everything, but I'm not actually watching any movies. It's kind of like I'm reading the um, about of the book from the back cover, but I'm not actually getting into the book. Get into the book dig into it and I would suggest use that method you know in order to to dig deeper and more importantly to be accurate in what you're studying what you're looking at so I don't know this is this is one thing that you could do one action you could take in order to um, uh, in order to curb restlessness because you're really learning maybe relearning maybe learning for the first time really how to study the Bible. I mean, because the Word is powerful, right? We know it's living. We know all that. 
But it's like, okay, what is a method I can implement? What process can I put into place to where I can study deeper, to where I can know more, to where I can be more accurate, to make sure I'm staying in context, to make sure I'm representing the word correctly? Inductive Bible study method, I would say. Observe, interpret, and apply. And again, I'm doing a huge video series. There's 35 chapters in the book. Um, I will try to eventually combine the chapters in the videos, but uh, it's really just to help you study your Bible like more in depth, more in detail, more in context. And that's always been my heart. And I just, um, my wife and I were talking about it, and she's like, "Is there a book that you know?" And I, and I was thinking of that because this is my favorite book in in School of Ministry or from the School of Ministry, "Living by the Book" by Hendricks. And uh, so it's so amazing, it's so awesome, and we can always learn to to grow more, and and we can always learn certain, you know, methods in order to uh, heighten our walk with the Lord in the in terms of growing. So I'm excited about that. Um, continue to dig into the Word. Continue to pray through the Word. Continue to be uplifted by the Word. And observe, interpret, and apply. Well, God bless you guys. Hope you have an awesome Friday. And we'll talk to you later.